Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Welcome to episode 137 of There's Still Time, the AFTN podcast. I'm Michael McCall. I'm Steve Pander. I'm Jay Duke. And I'm Zach Meisenheimer. And I'm Slamo. Well, thanks for joining us again for part one of our end of season roundtables. In this episode, we're going to look at the, the ghosts of seasons past, particularly this season. And we're going to have a chat about the 2015 Vancouver Whitecaps season, what we can learn from it, what we can take forward from it, and just five years into MLS, what kind of state are the Whitecaps in? So the 2015 MLS season is officially at an end. Mm. Sadly, not the way most of us would have liked to have seen it. We, we won't even mention that just now. But looking at just a Whitecaps point of view... We're just going to do a little quick recap of what went right and what went wrong. Well, we know one of the things that didn't go right was the goals, but let's let's start off with the negative so we can finish this bit on a high. What what do you feel didn't go right? And, yeah, what do you feel didn't go right? Our performances in Cascadia. But what's more important to you, the other performances that got a second in the West or winning the Cascadia Cup? Would you have taken sixth in the West and the Cascadia Cup? Uh, when I look back on the season, yeah, I probably would have. But at the time, like come the end of October, oh. when we're in the well, if you, if you If you include the Voyager's Cup in that, I think I would have, yes. Hmm. And squeeze in uh, sixth in the playoffs? Well, is it a squeeze in? We were sixth at one point without having the Cascadia Cup in that topsy-turvy last day drama. I mean, well, let's let's go back a bit then. Like, the Caps finished second in the West, third overall. Do you feel, like Robbo said, that the team finished where they deserved to be, but do you feel that they punched a little bit above their weight? Well, it's so tight though, right? So it's hard to really say. Like in the overall performance, or, you know, probably, because you just kept thinking, you know, they shouldn't be getting results when they were, right? So in that sense, they were punching above their weight. But at the same time, it was like given this false impression of being better than we were, right? I, I think part of that is you have to look at who was around you. And, and the West was so strong this year uh, that if, if we were punching above the, our weight, it was only because of who we were surrounding ourselves with. 
I think we deserved the points that we got at the end of the season, but it was almost on other teams who, who failed to capitalize down the stretch that we were able to, to remain so high. But with the West being so hot, as difficult as it was, especially after, they, I mean, the Whitecaps came out of the gate so strong, at least results-wise. I know there was some... Well, second game. After the after, <laughs> but the, first, the performance was so great for like you know sixty five minutes of that first game that, that you you saw good things happening and they strung together a bunch of wins. So could I have seen you know second in the West coming I, at that point? Absolutely, no no question about it. But it was just how strong that the West was that I didn't think that we would be able to maintain that level for the rest of the year. I I think that uh, I think I think that. We look back on the season, obviously, uh, the end of the season was not great. Or, like, our, our form, our performances were not as good as they could have been at the end of the year. And, yeah, we were not scoring as many goals as we would have liked and all that. But, like, I don't know. At the beginning of the year, I didn't feel like, to be honest, I didn't feel we were lucky. I felt like we were, like, getting just results. Like, you look at those away results that really helped make our season that we got at the beginning of the year. Like, I felt like we were worth those. We played like quality road performances, like in Chicago and in Orlando. Like you could say, oh yeah, we nicked it at the end or whatever. But the performance in those games, to but me, that's were worthy, what you want to do. In your those are worthy of MLS away away wins. And people, and, and I, I didn't. But hear, not to that extent, I think. Yeah, they're worthy to MLS away wins, but not over a stretch of a season, right? You're not going to nick wins on the road constantly like that, right? No, but but I felt like how we played deserved. Those those results, and the thing is, the road. I didn't, I didn't feel they were lucky, is what I'm saying. But the thing and, is, and the thing is, the road wins really helped out because totally. we were atrocious at home at the yeah, beginning of the season, start of the season. Yeah. Some I was just like, this. there were a lot of drop points. Uh, obviously, the Toronto one. Yeah. Um, DC United lost to them. Seattle lost to them at the beginning, near the beginning of the season. So those road wins came in handy. Totally. If we not Absolutely. win those road games, we would have been sixth or fifth or whatever. I heard someone yeah. saying in, in a playoff preview that they're like, oh, the Whitecaps are horrible on the road. And I was just like, we had the best record in MLS. Uh, you, at the end of this season? Yeah, at the end of the season. I heard, I think, I don't know, one of those MLS guys. Oh, we were horrible at home. No, they, were, they, they said they're horrible on the road. And I'm yeah, just like, it, we were the best team on yeah, the road in the whole league. Through, for three straight weeks, we beat L.A. on the road. We, then we went to New York yeah. and then went to New England. And those were three. And nobody was, everybody was going, if we could just get like a point yeah. here, maybe you sneak a win somewhere and then oh, yeah. we'll take a loss somewhere well, else. The road trip I had us pegged. I thought if we get five or six points out of this, we're doing all right down we, the stretch. We got I mean, nine? Yeah. yeah, we got nine. Yeah. Out of those three hard-to-play places. Yeah, absolutely. The thing that was so great from the beginning to the middle of the season was that that different players really came out to, to, have, to play better than expected or contributed at a time that when the, the club needed them. Whereas that was what was lacking towards the end of the season is that, you know, sure, you know, Rivero started the season so hot. It, it, nobody else was scoring, but, you know, Rivero was at the beginning of the year. And then he cooled right off, couldn't end for the rest of the season. But then the other guys, Teixeira started scoring. Mane score, had all those games in a row where he was he was scoring. And you got the center backs getting in on the on the scoring. And, and that was nice to see was that that different players were popping up at different times and and with a club like Vancouver that's what you have to do if you want to win the MLS Cup 
because we don't we don't have a Giovinco, we don't have a Robbie Keane, we don't have the guy who is going to be at the top of the scoring charts every year. You need those guys around the, the different positions to pop up at different times and really make an impact. And I think one of the, uh, maybe to finish this off the the negatives, I think one of the things we were talking about down the stretch, uh, I find it all almost fell apart when after the, winning the Voyagers Cup, yeah. which maybe elevated their you know maybe got them too confident or overconfident, but then add to that the weird scheduling that was going on down the road where we were getting ten days off there, the, you know two weeks off here and then oh, another ten days, and they're playing back yeah. Wednesday and then have the weekend off and then play Wednesday again. It was so such a weird schedule down there. It's like they, they decided to, Vancouver was the team that wasn't going to play on the weekend so we can even stuff up or whatever. They, they have to sort the schedule out. And when yeah, you've got an sure. even number of teams, no team should be having a bye Saturday. No, there shouldn't be no a bye. no sense, especially yeah. in the last month of the season. they gotta, they got to stop. I know they want to win the Champions League, but they got to stop giving these teams that are in the you know the semifinals or the finals weeks off at the beginning of the season. We'll play that later on. Don't worry about it. That, that screws everybody over. Well, it really. didn't impact us directly. Well, let, let's... Let's talk about the Champions League campaign. We tried so many years to get into it, and then they didn't really take it seriously. And yeah. if they, well, well, that wonder, first game against Seattle, if they'd just won that, it yeah. could have been also that, different. That, that well, that's what I think story. it was. They put it all on that, right? The first game, you put out that lineup and you go for the best. And, you know, we could have won it, right? I mean, that was, we had a legitimate mm-hmm. shot at that. If you win that, then maybe you're looking at things differently. You don't win that. And, you know, it is what it is, right? But I don't think, I mean, for them, for the club, I think it was just an experience this year, right? And nothing more. Which was, yeah, it's a bit disappointing. Yeah, sure. I, you, you talk about we, we didn't put our best foot forward or whatever. I think they had a plan that how they were going to use this. And yeah, this exactly. was to say, we think our younger players uh, and our players who are not starting every week in MLS are quality. We want them to show that. Uh, and, and we want to use it as meaningful and important matches where they're getting experience. Um, but so, those young players got to show up too. Exactly. They, they didn't show up. One That's of the most cool. telling things for me was after that, I think it was after the Seattle game. And uh, I think it was, it was, it was Stephen Betasher. I talked to Betasher after that game. And I was just like, wow, you're really, he wasn't in the 18, wasn't, I was like, well, you're really upset about this. Like, well, I'm, I mean, I know the result wasn't great or whatever, but like, why are you so, you look angry. And he's like, He's like, I'm really pissed off because these th- these guys are better than this. He said, you know, in training, they're lights out. The second the second group is lights out, and often is even better than sometimes yeah, better I than can first back that up. And and he's just like, for them to come out and play so poor overall in the game itself is is really 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 disturbing. But I think Robo's also said that those games were very telling for him. It kind of let him know what players yeah. could make it, what players couldn't. And I think Ethan Sampson was one of the guys that really suffered because he looked really bad. But nobody really covered himself in glory. And the game down Seattle was atrocious. And Robert Henshaw's free kick still wasn't the only guy who came out of that game when you were where you went, oh, that was nice. Yeah. Marco Bustos looked really really good for the, whatever, 20 minutes or something. The first game, Tim Parker. Oh, yeah, Tim Parker. I mean, he did well. He's got the first, first goal. First ever Whitecaps. Champions League goal. That'll be a quiz question. And, and one that, looking on 
other plays that wasn't luck, right? No. I yeah. mean, at the time, you could say maybe it was a bit lucky or whatever, yeah. but then you watch yeah. the skill that he actually has. And I think he tried forward. it again later. Yeah. 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 The, the first half, though, of that first Seattle game oh. was atrocious, and you're thinking, why have we waited all these years to be in this competition, yeah. and then this is what we're watching? I, I do feel like the club deserves a lot of the criticism that it gets... Um, I think this is one of the, the parts where they're screwed if they do, screwed if they don't. Because yeah. so many people go, why aren't you playing your young players? And why aren't you playing your Canadian kids? And why aren't you... Right? And then and then they go and they play a whole bunch of kids, including you know Bustos and Froze and Carducci. And they put all these guys on the field and everybody goes... Not Carducci. Not Carducci. Not, not, yeah, not Carducci not Bustos in this case. Either. Well, no, but they did... They yeah. played... They played Froze a lot more this yeah. year. Yeah. They gave they gave Bustos some I minutes. I thought he actually played well. He was one of the better players out there. I, I agree. I thought they both did all right, comparatively to, to everybody else. But... Uh, so then they go, they go out, and everybody goes. Well, you're not taking it seriously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like you, they can't win either way. I, I'm fine with it. I, I, I love, I I love the theory. Too. And Robinson has always done this with all of his young players. Like when he put Frozen the first game in Seattle, Seattle away, it, big game. They put him in on the left there, and like it, it, the smile on his face. The guy must have yeah. just been sweating bullets. He was still smiling was, at training. Yeah, like days later, how <laughs> and, left. And Robinson goes, no, I got no worries about it. Put the kid in. Like I, I trust in my players. I trust in the youth at, at the club. So I, I love that. That's what he's saying. Go out there and do it, kids. And and I, you have to think that he he said, look, I want to win Voyagers Cup this year, so we're in it again next year. So that now when I play uh, Keans and and put Marco in for a full game, and, and now you can put him in there. And, and you, you've been here before, son. Don't worry about it. No problem, right? This, you know, yeah, playing, had in, that bag of playing in DC United away. This is way easier than Seattle yeah. away that time. Yeah. So, so uh, you know, yeah, I think it's it was it's good going forward. And we and we were in the toughest group of of them all too. Yeah, we'll probably end up with Portland next year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Olympia yeah. is no pushover as a as a Central American club, and and, and up against Seattle, another tough. Tough rivals. And they might have gained a striker thanks to Paulo Tornagi injuring uh, yeah. um, the <laughs> Quinto Ramo Kyoto. 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 Yeah, because yeah, they might because all this time he spent in Vancouver, he might maybe he comes back next yeah, year. Yeah, I mean that's that's definitely one of the rumors. Yeah. And yeah, we are in it next year because we won our first Voyagers Cup. Yay! Yeah. And it was a bit of a hard slog. There was snow. <laughs> there was, Some people behind the trips back to Hey hey no no trip is a wasted trip, my friend. To the frozen tundra, tundra of Alberta. <laughs> all, that, all that meant is I got to go back the second time when my son was on holidays for a week and I got to take him. Surely going to Edmonton once is bad enough in a year. <laughs> I went three, twice. three times in like four or five weeks. But yeah, they won the Voyagers Cup and like what you were saying there, Jay, as well, when it got to the, the crunch game, was he going to play the young guys or was he going to go with the first team? And he went with the first team to show that they really wanted to win it. And again, he would have been damned either way because then he had the folk out he's going, oh, look, the non-Canadian teams won. Yeah, but who cares about that? I know, yeah. who cares about the thrush? <laughs> they didn't have too many Canadians on their team. No, but I mean, it, it was great. We're back in it and we have learned so much this year. But is there just is it just too many games for the roster that 
Vancouver have? No. No, I didn't. That's the one thing. The one thing I kept on hearing from the, the, the two clubs in Canada, not in this part of the country, kept on saying, oh, just wait till you get all the games. You're going to start complaining about roster, uh, sorry, fixture congestion, and you're, oh, you don't know what it's like. And then it happened, and I was just like, yeah, August was full, but it <laughs> was good. August was a great month. We did great, yeah. And like, because we're playing regularly. Exactly. I I was just like. October was shit because we had no games. September and October, yeah. So, to me, uh, fixture congestion wise, it was not an issue. It was a po- I would say it was more of a positive. Well, especially because they did rotate their their full squads. And, you know, I I guess the argument could be made that if you want to take those competition, that competition seriously, you, you don't do all your first team on Saturday and yeah. all your you you mix it up a little yeah. bit. You, that's and, the balance. balance so you needed. you drop some of those first team guys on the Saturday league game, but but I do also understand that look how tight the MLS is. Look how tight the West was. You know it was the last game of the season. We didn't know the last couple of weeks we could have been out of the playoffs or and we ended up finishing second. That's how tight it is. So well, we were second, that, fourth, fifth, and sixth on right, that last day. Right. So, so if you drop three points or even two points or even one point on Saturday because you rotated four of your three or four of your starters out, and I, I get that, I get why the why the club, why Robinson, why the fans would not really want to do that. I mean, that's the thing. Robbo rotates the squad regularly, but do you feel there's a section of the support and the media here? that don't understand why he has to do that because they're used to watching hockey and baseball players playing umpteen games a year and they're like, hey, why can't they play all oh, these totally. games? Yeah. Totally. He can't win. Yeah. Yeah, no. there's always going to be an element of that when you're trying to... I mean, it's, you know, as much as we might not think so, the reality is it is a bit of a fringe sport when it comes to a professional sport in North America, right? Well, there's always going to be people looking at it. I had, I had, I remember after the Sounders game, the first Champions League game, I was walking uh, to the elevator and I, I think it was somebody who had just come to their first game or something like that. And they asked me, because I had a badge on, so they asked me, uh, are, are they going to be playing the better players in the next game? <laughs> they go, yeah, yeah. I go, yeah, yeah. Don't worry about it. Come back. <laughs> uh, so it was like it was like a lot of people confused. Of why are they playing like uh, the second uh, rate team here? Yeah, but I I took someone that... at work into going to that first Champions League game, and I was oh. like, I didn't even want to see them the next day. Yeah, well, I was thinking <laughs> about not going because <laughs> we had it was like nineteen thousand, right? It was yeah, pretty good time. It was a pretty good. It, but, but it but was, it was because we too. just. No, it wasn't just because of Seattle. And it was because three, four days before, we had smashed Seattle 3 yeah. 0 yeah. in yeah. Seattle. That yeah. Everyone was like, oh, let's go see everyone get. And it was the free home. game, too, wasn't it? Was it? No, no. Well, yes. Yeah. For, yeah. Some yeah. Yeah. First yeah. for some people, not everybody. Yeah. Yeah. One, one thing, a side thing about Champions League that I really appreciated from a supporter perspective, I love, I, I love Canada. But uh, I loved having no national anthems. I really enjoyed it. And I loved how they configured the stadium a little differently. Yeah. So there was no not boards all the way to the end in front of us. And that's where our players warmed up. Yeah. So those are positives for me. Yeah, I can't stand having national anthems here. It's just pointless to me. Quick question then round the table. If you were offered second in the West, third overall, and a semi-final playoff exit at the start of the season... Semi-final in the Western Conference. Yeah, it's, uh, I hate that. <laughs> Would you have been happy with that? Would you have said that was a, that was a great season? Yeah, I'd love that. If you were offered that in March before first kick, maybe even after the first game against Toronto, would you have taken what, how the Caps finished and that exit 
at that round in the playoffs, would you have been happy with that? No, we need to win. I, I mean, but did you think we were going to win? I, mean, I, always, I always think we're where, where, with the roster. Where we had did you the think they were the going to finish? And how far did you think they were? Like, not your your heart, your brain. No, in my heart, yeah, I always think we're going to win. Um, yeah, I thought I thought we could. If you had given in my brain, if you had said that, and we had both cups, then I might have said, okay, I could probably live with that. But we only had one. I think what the second in the West third that that's a real tough one to you, you first of all no one puts a second in the West banner up in BC place so it, it's not exactly I heard we are next year it's, it's not exactly anything to write home we're about. number two second in the West yeah. home playoff game it's going up but, but the, okay but the, that's the thing why do you want a home playoff game is it just because you want to sell seat, sell yes. some tickets yeah, yeah and you know or, the or is it because is you want fourth is actually getting a better deal right because you get totally. two home yeah. playoff games well, only, if you, well, only if you win only oh if you win. yeah true <laughs> so, I'm assuming you win so he like he Here's the thing: you've you you've won your home playoff, or you've won the right to host the the playoff series and get the more advantage advantageous matchup in theory. Although some may argue that didn't work for us this year. But but what does it get? What does it get for you if you don't make, take advantage of that? Yeah. And, and the Whitecaps really laid an egg. It, there's no other way to put it. That you know in the, in the playoffs here they they. Yeah, yeah, it was not, and, and you can you can try and slice it however you want. Zero zero away, that, that that ain't cutting it, you know. For me, it wasn't even the zero zero. It was just that it seemed like it was almost the plan, right? Like there was, yeah. it didn't seem like there was like we're gonna go out and you know take take matters into our and, own and hands. That's right? what upset me because the, uh, we talked about it in other podcasts. When you have a team, they played on Thursday, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. They played 120, 120 minutes. minutes. And they played the penalty, penalty kicks, where with 22 penalty kicks. Where they game. should have lost. Yeah. Like yeah. I mean, emotionally, that, they won. their emotions yeah. are so up and down. They're drained oh, after. Yeah, they should have taken advantage of them yeah. and blitzed but them in the first 15, 20 minutes. That's the disadvantage of having that. Like, when did they put Gersh in the 10 role, Yeah. Right? Oh, I, okay, oh, yeah. It's oh. like, to me, it's like, I would you know, that's the opportunity where throughout the season you should have had change in formation. And you could have done like a 4-1 and had four guys up top. And, and the thing that surprised me about that was because it was uh, Russell and Maddie were behind him, right? Yeah. Yeah. I could not believe how they did, how no, we did not put Ru- how we did not put Russell further forward. Because at least he's played that before and, and he loves that. Yeah, role. Yeah. At least he has been an attacking player in the yeah, past. Yeah. Like, you know, and... And, and Gershon, to me, I know Gershon, you probably will say he was great. To me, he did an admirable job, considering that's not a role. Dude, he he, he did exactly yeah. what he was supposed to do. He was a great was, number six playing in the tent. I was just about to say that. <laughs> but it, and I don't care what you say. You don't say, guys, we're going to go get him. We're going to go after him. Gershon's They're tired. We're putting He's in gonna do it. as many defensive yeah. midfielders as we can. And then we're going to go for it. No, you're yeah. not. Like You're, you're not going to go for it. As an away fan... I hate going into a playoff game like that where there's, you know, you've got a bit of an advantage. I know it's away, but it's not that far away. You yeah. got a tired team, and I'm looking they, an hour before the match line. at the starting lineup and going, well, I guess I shouldn't swear as much, but, uh, you know, <laughs> looking at the starting lineup and going, I hope we somehow produce a goal and nick a 1 0. Right? Uh, in, in, the, in the Whitecaps' defense, I will say this. 
they had they got hit with all the injuries and the stuff yeah. at the worst possible time. Uh, Pedro never looked right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, at Mesquita was the, uh, it, as it turned out the key to our successes. Who would have thought that? Yeah. And, and you know Rosales is a shell of himself. Uh, like nice well, hair though. Nice. <laughs> What you know? What are you gonna do? And and at the especially as we saw with with Mane, who was the only attacking uh, idea at all that yeah. the Whitecaps had. The second that like in the home game, the yeah. second he got injured, it's like well, that's it. Like, We're done. Yeah. There's we have no other yeah. we have no other means to get the ball out of our own half. Yeah, and I mean that's that's the sad thing about it. It was that, and then they he, they brought we brought on Morrow. Who we, then we had no pace. We had no one, no nothing to threaten them with. I I was shocked they didn't, we didn't bring on Maddox at that point. Yeah, I, I actually called for Maddox. That's how bad yeah. it was. Yeah. I think when you're in a two-legged playoff game like that, if you don't score okay. in that first leg, you've got a huge disadvantage. It's, yeah. it, to me, it's actually better. Playing at home yeah, game playing one, home yeah. game one, being the away team in leg well, two, which then means it doesn't matter where you finish, really. Yeah. Well, then why don't why don't they let the home team choose? Yeah. I think because they should. The, the used to. Yeah. yeah. Because that would have made sense Four for the Whitecaps to be able to say, "No, you Timbers have to fly up <laughs> to Vancouver now, and and you get more tired because you're the ones who have to travel. We're gonna have eggs and bre- bacon in the morning and have like." Totally yeah. relaxed before the game, and now we get to go out and play yeah. play some football. Totally. You know, I don't know if our players eat eggs and bacon on match day. Hey, it's there's match routines that you do no matter what. Yeah, okay? and, and I, I'm still doing the routine every morning, and I don't even play soccer anymore. And yeah. I still have to have eggs and bacon. Yeah, right? I'm I'm a big eggs and bacon. I love eggs and bacon, but I'm not a professional footballer. Back to the original question, I think I would have taken the second and third overall at the start, but. You know, it's hard now looking back at it to say that, you know, we had the opportunity sitting there to get past that round and that makes it a bit yeah. disheartening. And we brought it up, we brought it up in another podcast, uh, but what I think get your guys' opinion on this, if it, this, this is obviously a North American way to set it up where the the cup is the end bigger of it, right? Than, yeah. And it is bigger, yeah. right? If it was a European thing where we got third in the table and then you're basically quarterfinal exit of your... The say FA Cup or League Cup or whatever, and then you you'd still want a trophy uh, with the Voyagers Cup. It's for most clubs, it would be a successful season. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And, but it's because the MLS Cup is the end. Yeah. And the bigger I thing. Think, of it. I think it's it was a, a successful season for a club. Yeah. yeah. Because they'll say we got, we got the Voyagers it, it Cup. Feels, the like you yeah. said, it feels de- it you're, feels you're deflated at the end. I don't, especially I, losing to Portland. And then having them win the cup. I think you you call it a success, but it is not really a massive success. It's it's basically like, yeah, well, that's kind of what we wanted, so that's about right. That that is really what we got is we got about what was right for us leading into the into the, the yeah. season. I think what's more disappointing is the initial talk in the off season, and who knows it's a, it's just early talk. But the initial talk is basically this is what we are. Right? Yeah. That's, this that's, is that's, what we that, are. That, We're going to finish second and third and be happy with that. And, yeah. you know, get knocked out in the playoffs. Well, but there's obvious, re- obvious reasons for that. We're never going to win the MLS Cup. We're, we're, we're going to look at like, what kind of hear, club right? we are as well. In the second part of this, and also in a, in a little bit as well. Right, last thing I'll mention on this, though, is looking at the season that we've had, just quick answer here. Do you feel... The way that they were leading it for so long and 
the form that they were in this summer, do you see it as a missed opportunity? Looking at that our Cascadian oh, yeah. rivals have now lifted the, oh, the MLS Cup. Yeah. Yeah. Was this a, a could this be the season that we get as close as we could get? Or oh, is there is there more to come? That's all depending on what they decide to do. That that, that could that could go MLS is up and down. Anybody can be number one. Anybody here drop down. But it is a missed opportunity. I agree yeah. with you there. Totally we, missed opportunity. We have two two seasons in a row where halfway through the year we recognize that we're not getting enough goals. Two seasons in a row we've chosen not to do anything about that. We only have ourselves to blame. So yeah, I think it's a missed opportunity. And I understand there are different philosophies. You don't want. And I understand you've been burnt in the past. You bring a guy midseason, takes him a half year to to settle. But that's. That doesn't mean it's going to happen every time. Sure, in MLS, you'd say it's less likely, <laughs> yeah, it less likely to. But you can also say that bringing in a person early, yeah, the first bit is a bit tough, and then they settle better for the second year. Regardless, I, I think that we, we it is a missed opportunity because we knew where our issue was. We did our best to address it last offseason. We recognized we weren't quite there, and we didn't do anything about it. What about Tachera? Well, he chair is not a goal. He, he wasn't mid-season. He was more well, during the season. Yeah, early season. And he was not a. He was not like he was not. I, he does score goals, but he that's not his primary function. I would say. Well, I think he is with us. I think he's. Yeah, he had to be yeah. with us. <laughs> he, he was my second half player of the year. Me too. Yeah. yeah. It, it's almost it, it, you have a pretty good case to make. Him the full time yeah. player of the year. I think I used to. Oh yeah. But yeah, I mean Tashera pushed him real close. Attacking or outfield player of the year, definitely. I think. Oh, Boston does up there. Boston, yeah. for me, would be yeah, the defensive for the full, full season. I, I I still think Lava had a great season as well. I, probably not the you know not quite as good, but well, you're, well, we I, needed uh, we needed more goals. We needed a striker. Yeah. We needed a striking option, not a winning option. We needed a striker. Last year we didn't do it. We tried to do something I, in the off season. We 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 had some progress, but but I, not. I do think that they thought that Rivera was gonna pot 16 this year and, yeah. and he would be the answer and it it looked like he was it, it looked it, his and Diego Rodriguez almost had the same issue but Diego Rodriguez is, was at, you know his they had ceiling other, was much they, but they had other options for Diego Rodriguez they had no well, other option for Rivera Diego so Rodriguez came him. in and you went oh man this guy's good he's, yeah. he's gonna play what well. and then he had the, the, the ball grab and the injury and then all of a sudden, he had a couple bad games, and now he's in the USL. It, it, it hurts and, morale, yeah. And then and so, he had some bad games in the and USL. And he had some bad, <laughs> on a bad defense in the USL, yeah. so, which probably all wasn't yeah. his fault. But yeah. uh, and, and it was like, that was it. It was over. Uh, Rivero is the better player. I know t- completely different positions. So his floor was significantly lower than, than Diego Rodriguez's was. But but you could tell... His floor? It, his floor. It... it uh, the worst he could be. The worst oh, he could oh. be was was Better. still the best striker that we had on the yeah, team. Yeah, yeah. But unfortunately, oh. that floor had a trap door and he fell through. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, I think that, that that was the reason why they they probably did. They thought, and quite rightfully so, I would say that 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 Rivero it could score a whole lot of goals in this league. I still think he will. I think he will next. I still think he will, but you you need to have more. They need more a striker that. that can push him and show him like he needs to be totally able to yeah, see that yeah. he has to be on the bench sometimes. And, and for us, and for they basically said, I think I've heard 
those entrusted to be stewards of our club basically say this is our philosophy. You get a we're, we're not. We're, we're <laughs> it not, took them a while to actually yeah. say it. Yeah. We're, we're not. Weird. We're not bringing anyone in in this thing, which to me is foolish. Because you look at other cl- you look at other clubs, and they have the exact opposite policy. For example, the LA Galaxy. LA Galaxy brings someone in every middle of the year, hoping that it'll push them over the top, but knowing that that player will be better next year. And we 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 refuse to do that. I, I just hope that the, the, this is their opportunity to say we're close. Look how close we were two years in a row. They've they've been a good club. They they you know the Whitecaps have been good two years in a row. Um, but we needed we need that X factor, that attacking player. That you know we need to get some more goals. They got the TAM money. They got like everything's lined up. Go out and buy one of these guys down. And and go and get yourself a, a real quality player that you know can play with Rivero, who can um, really contribute. So next year this isn't an issue. Which kind of I think we all agree that it was a missed opportunity of a season. But this is going to bring me now to the final part of of this podcast, and you've kind of touched on it on it there, Jay. So it's a good time to bring it in. This season was the fifth year that the Whitecaps have been in MLS. It was also the fifth year that the Timbers have been in MLS. The Timbers now have an MLS Cup. The Whitecaps have nothing. Don't even have a Western Conference title. How much pressure do you see this Timbers win putting on the Caps front office? I, I would say that Zach will probably not say that we have nothing. Do we, Zach? Well, I but, yeah, I mean, you're, a, you're a huge fan we, of the front office. <laughs> I don't we, think it puts it well, you like how, many, how, how many I don't think you'll see this pressure. How many Cascadia Cups do we have, we have in the last have, five years? We have two MLS Cascadia and, uh, Cups. We have, we have one, one Voyager's, Voyager's Cup. Cup. So we do have So something. suck on that. Go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'd rather win the, the trophies that matter. I think all trophies matter. The Mickey Mouse Cup? Hey, that's a... Breed a winning mentality. That's a preseason. Yeah, I saw that. Win everything. <laughs> yeah, you were there. That was great. Did you? Did they bring it to you? Did you like get to do a lap? I, I got to touch it. Yeah, there you go. You touched Mickey. All right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't think it puts any pressure on the, or at least I don't think they feel it puts any pressure on them though, because I don't think most of the public cares all that much, right? I mean, we might, or you know, but I, I don't think your average. I could be wrong, but I don't think your average ticket buying population gives a crap. I don't think they I, even realized the Portland yeah, Cup was yeah, I bet exactly. by week ten, if you asked of of the twenty thousand people in the stadium, there'll be more. Ten, there'll be more next year. Ten thousand of those people, if you said who won the MLS Cup last year, they would go, uh, LA? uh I don't, LA. Yeah, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. So well, I, I, I don't know. I tuned in to watch it, and there was some chicks curling on. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I didn't watch the game live. I PVR'd it, and it's like, oh, I've. Missed the first eight minutes and the first two goals. Oh, Portland scored why two do you goals. Never, just turn it off, mate. Never record TSN one, TSN four, and five. Oh, those man, I, I always allow extra for extra time. Um, like a pessimist that way. But God, yeah, I, I feel it does put a bit of pressure on them though from the hardcore. Yeah, from the hardcore. Or from the hardcore. And the mouth, and, and the, the mouthy folk on on Twitter in particular. I don't know about the media though. I think the media, some will mention it. Oh, uh, Portland won. Now, what about you guys this year? Well, they fired uh, everybody though. <laughs> <laughs> true. <laughs> That's true. Well, they didn't fire what but media? everyone got fired. <laughs> yeah. But I just don't think the media would care enough to, to put the hard pressure on the front office that they need to amp their game. Plus, there are, what, 12 more bike lanes? My caps will be way down the list of things yeah. to talk about on sports radio. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
So five years in then, where, where do you see the Whitecaps at in MLS? A successful team? Well, let's pretend three years didn't exist. Let's definitely and pretend well, year one. Yes, that's that's part of the, that's part of what makes where we are now uh, somewhat impressive. You, you know, the the Whitecaps look right now like they are um, always going to be a, a, a significant contribution in the league. Yeah. Uh, right now, you never wonder like, oh, those also rans the Whitecaps because we were we were the we were the absolute welcome mat to the league, and. And should have been relegated. Yeah, should have been relegated. Yeah. So we we've, we've moved we've moved up to a point where it's like I don't think I don't think we'll ever see days like that again. And I know you watch enough football that'll probably happen one day. I'm but pretty sure Chicago fans felt the same. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. But yeah. but that's the that's so the like point. That if we don't appoint Frank Yallop, we should be okay. That's the point. And and hopefully we have learned from this and we brought these good people in like Marius Rofta, like. Carl, uh, Carl Robinson, who yeah. who really understand uh, you know how to build this club, and don't and how... forget former East Fife player and coach Gordon Forrest. That's right. So so uh, yeah, I uh, five years in, have they done well? Yeah, they they've they've made a ton of screw ups. There's been uh, a bunch of hurdles, but I I think at least the club is in a place now where are we at the top of the league? Is overall no, but are are we there and thereabouts? I think so. I think we're looking up basically. If you're yeah, if you're, if looking, you're looking at it, ground there's still for me. There's still a sense though that there's like too many uh, key pieces that need to be there. That if they aren't there, we're back at year one, right? And yeah. that's why. So you mentioned Marius, right? I agree there's with, guys yeah. in which is why when we had the discussion with uh, who was going to take over for Rennie. You know, we were talking Robo or Yallop, and I still think Yallop would have been a fine fit here because of the personality. Forget building team, anything like that. I think our club needs that guy like Marius who's going to go on Twitter and go, you know, I'll make this happen. Screw this. This is nonsense, right? And I don't think that that's not our club. But that's the Timbers. The Timbers are totally like that. The Timbers, there's a personality where they're going to go to the freaking playground and push some kid down and steal his ice cream, right? We're not going to do that, man. We're going to push our own kids down and go, give me your money. That's what we're going to do. That's what I hope. That's right? Literally. That's what I hope the club has learned from this. Yeah, you hope so. Is that when we wanted to run everything on day one, it was just an unmitigated disaster. Top to bottom. On the field, off the field, in the stands. uh, Everything was terrible. And now it's like I don't feel shame to tell anybody that I'm a Whitecaps fan that oh, yeah. that uh, that the Whitecaps are my club. So, uh, so I've hoped that they've learned that. And when Robinson does move on, I, I'm I'm not one to say that I think he's. We always think our guys are going to Europe. Kofi was gone to Europe. You know, Mane was gone to Europe. All our Everybody. players were gone to Europe. Robinson, oh, he's going to Swansea. Okay, whatever. That was uh, the real Coker effect. Yeah, he'll probably be here for for another year or two, but he's going to move on one day. And I hope we've learned. We've learned about uh, you know this is how you have to operate. Yeah, you know this is the the attitude that you have to have. I think we succeed. Uh, we've had this upward trajectory on the field, uh, succeeding with uh, some good people in place in the technical side of things. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but I think that the other side of things in, in, has not developed enough and is not what it should be. And so I think without sorting that out, I don't think we'll be the club that I, you want. I don't think you want, Samo, and I know I want. 
Um, I think they, this will sound harsh, but I think there's a lot of good people who work there. There's a lot of good people doing a lot of great things there, but overall, I think they, they, there's too much, too much things that, too many things are done in, in a way that are not, um, not the way they should be done. And that holds us back. Yeah, and I, I probably can't even talk well, about. Can I we, probably can't even talk about the ways that they hold this. Can back. we talk about cause rings? Like, do you want to? You know, can we talk yeah. about? Like, that's the sort of. That's thing, a good right? example. That's a good example. Why is a player buying rings for his teammates? That should have been, you know, that should have been something that the club acknowledged, right? It should Especially have been being something... the first Voyagers Cup. Exactly. Well, why didn't CSA a, not uh, present the rings in the first place? Like uh, a proper organization. They do. They got medals from the CSA. <laughs> Yeah, but everyone. Well, actually, I'd prefer a medal because, like Robo said, he's not a yeah, ring. He said he's never going to wear a ring. Yeah, but it's still a gesture, yeah. right? Yeah, everybody's so, going to wear a medal. Like you go to you go to a wedding and you put your medal. On. Yeah, it's super awesome that Ka did that, right? Yeah. That's, no, that's it's, absolutely it's what amazing. he brings to the club. That's but leadership. It, but it would have been super cool if the FO would have done that, and the, who knows? And throwing is, a weekend but, and freaking. But you know Vegas what they were. But you know what the response would be, right? There was, I mean, I'm going a bit. I don't know if they have enough time for that. I, I don't, I'm not no, saying. I know. I'm not. But just saying. But I mean, it's something that shows class. But the, the no, problem but is, the problem is, their response to that kind of thing would be, uh, no, we're not going to spend money on that. It's not in the budget because yeah. we're so we're this club that's so it's so run too much as a business yeah, exactly. and not enough that's as a club. That's and my that, point. That's a, hu- a huge problem. Yeah. And when it comes down to it, everything is about money. And some people will listen to this and they'll say, well, yeah, of course it's a business. Shut up. What are you talking about? Yeah. No, this is a football club. It's bigger than a business. It's different than a business. And and to me, uh, when you allow those things, when that's more important than people and uh, then you have a problem. Yeah. It's little things, right? It's the little things that make it, you know, make people want to be a part of something bigger. Yeah. Right? I don't right. think, I don't think the club should have felt obligated to buy the rings because if, if, um, but it, it if you're the club and this is the the kind of the problem is that the club will go well they got a they got a medal so that's from the cs like we got you guys a medal you won the thing that's your token souvenir yeah you should that that's great okay we're done here whereas they the club has never shown that they've gone said we're going to take this one step further because yeah. we have so much yeah, pride exactly. yeah. and we exactly. and we really and we love the people that we're that we're surrounded with that's and that's the I'm problem is about. that they haven't ever gone above and beyond because I, I, I don't think they're obligated to do any of that stuff. I do think that they're not obligated to do anything because they are, they are in the end, exactly. have to maintain themselves exactly. with You're money. right. They're not obligated to. No. But then you become known as... A, sorry for yelling. <laughs> but then you become known for that. Exactly. And that's what we've become known yes. for. Yeah. It's the old school, you want recognition, you get a dumb paycheck. That's your recognition, right? That's an old school way of thinking. That's not a modern world, though. But you say, not keeping up you say we've become known for that, but to who? Just the hardcore people that know about it. No, it's, it's not even about the hardcore people who, you, who this club slash business is built off. It's the most important people. It's the players and their families yeah. and the agents and the other coaches in the league. And th- that's th- that's where you that's where you want to have the best reputation. You want to have people who you want to have people who will come and play here. So Will John, you guys are all talking about Will Johnson. We wanted Will Johnson last time. Will Johnson didn't want to come here last time. He wanted to go to Portland because of what was going on in Portland and and what, what was happening in their their community and in the, with their supporters. That's where he wanted to be. Playing devil's advocate then. Is it not easy as the person that doesn't put the money up 
to say, yeah, go and spend money. We should have started talking. We're talking about we don't have to start. This would have been a much more exciting <laughs> podcast. What do you mean you don't? I put money up. <laughs> but you're not Greg Carefoot that's putting in th- hundreds of thousands. It's like, so you're telling him how his front office should spend his money. It's like if I came into your house and say, hey, you need to buy your wife a better dress. Yeah. No, which, which incidentally, but, that's, that's, but, but, but yeah, she, she deserves it. She, she does. Up with you. She does. And uh, well, we have a sewing machine, so maybe we get some stuff and sew it together. Oh, but, e- even better. Yeah. Um, but that's uh, a very white caps way. Why buy it? Let's just take this tablecloth. No, no, but but that's that is the difference, though, Michael. Right? This my my your family or whatever. That's that's a that's a you're talking about two different things, right? Yeah, it does. The owner, do the owners have to do this? Like Jay said, they don't have to. But if you want, but if, someone you will. Need, yeah, someone will. Someone you will. need to treat people yeah. well. You you need you need to know. You do need to be known as as uh, as as a club that treats people well. And I don't think totally we're. I don't, I don't think we're known for that. And I I'm just a bit disappointed that I personally I, feel that Car should have bought a ring for the MLSsoccer.com Vancouver reporter. Just to, to honor the coverage that, that they did, but I, I won't hold it against them. Well, after I could, I don't know if I could say this, but after the MLS playoff loss, um, I saw a whole bunch of them walking out with those hoverboard things. <laughs> so oh. they could handle it like Kyle could have really gotten that too. So that was another thing. So just he's on commission for that. Uh, Michael, you, when uh, I'm a I'm a ten and a half when it comes to the podcast, <laughs> you don't you're not obligated to, but it would be nice if you. He has a, uh, he has a nice Concacaf shirt ready. Uh, right yeah. I think you just have to understand. There's always going to be little things that are going to separate you. Yes. it's a competitive world, right? And it's a big world. And if you're going to compete, you know you've got to do the little things that make a difference, right? And 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 there's a let me say this. Let me try and balance this. There are a number of things that we do really well in how we treat our players, but there are a lot of difficult stories to swallow when you sit down and talk with people and hear about how they've been treated. I, but I do think that part of that's going to happen no matter what. I, I think part of that happens. You can't please everybody, especially true. When, you're, when you're when you're in a professional sport true. environment. But there still is a way to treat people. Yeah. So you, and you even see it. You even see it in people to me who are very similar. You guys might disagree, but it, right, it's even different when you sit down and talk to people leaving under Martin Rennie and Carl and, and Carl Robinson. Mm-hmm. I I think there there's a lot of similarities between the two of them, but when you talk when you talk to the players who have left, they have different perceptions, and to me, they've been treated pretty much the same way. And yet the things are different. You know, you know what I mean? Well, let's just wrap this up. I just want to ask, and Jay touched on this a little bit earlier as well, what is the, like five years in, what is the next stage on the path for the next five years? What kind of club should the Whitecaps be? It, it, you know what? The big turning point for this club is going to be when Robinson and his coaching staff, who I've got a ton of respect for, and I think they're the primary reason that we've we've turned this around into being a respectable organization have has the front office learned enough from this that they go ah yes this is what our club looks like this is what will happen next time uh and as much as i give them a a tough time it's one of the things that jason devos has been on about is what's the succession plan for your club going forward what is your image of your vision for your club what is that to you and, and it seemed like they, they 
if it was just left into the front office, there's so many of those oh shucks moments. Like, we didn't know. Okay, make your own destiny. Forge your own path. And, and that's what they have to do. They have to know what their what their plan is. They need to be thinking about that now because it's, you know, read the tea leaves. Robinson's not going to be here forever, you know, for one reason or another. So um, they need to know what's going to happen once we go through another transition. Well, I think we're going to find out uh, July 1st if uh, David Usted's still here, right? That'll be a big step into what kind of club are we going to be? Are we going to be the club that learns from the Camilo? Are we going to be Camilo's the bad guy? We should never speak his name and we did nothing wrong and, you know, it's all him type thing, right? Are we going to continue that? Lose? I mean, we lost Camiento, right? Similar circumstance. Camilo obviously wasn't similar circumstance at all, but we lost him. And whatever your take on that is, there was obviously mutual problems there. So now Usted's the next one, right? Who wants, you know, I mean, he's on an option year. Are they going to sell him in June, lose him? Or, you know, are they going to re-up him and pay him, right? And, and it doesn't look good to me. When you look at where good, things yeah. are now, it doesn't look promising. All the things, the, the rhetoric that's coming up. Yeah, but that's, that's just fun. rhetoric. Now things can change when it gets closer. Things can, yeah, absolutely. Things can also fall apart. Spend that's, spend the money. I mean, yeah. we talked about the money already. Spend the money, you know, and and keep the things that are working together and build on the things that aren't working, right? Yeah. Or or cut your losses now and say like we really wanted to keep David, but in a, in you know in the league that it is now, be decisive. Find, find you know find someone to sell them to back in Europe and get some get some money out of it now. Well, it's going to happen in the summer. They, people, yeah. goalkeepers are rarely ever transferred in yeah. mid-season for because Europe. You know what I mean, right? Like yeah, they, yeah. They, they, could be, no, they, could they need be to be decisive. Yeah. They need to be decisive. They can't be in a spot where yeah. a lateral shot. They need to make room for like this. Actually, came back to Ousted. They need to make room for Ousted. Yeah. They, yeah. Instead of searching to see where Alan maybe wants to go back to Europe, they decide to just trade him off to DC. All of a sudden, within yeah. weeks, DC has an offer and sends it back to Europe, and they—that was a pretty good. Which is all because all because they bought out Barry Robson. Yeah. yeah, and then you have options, right? Even if you if you if you're you know proactive with this, you have those options of selling in the summer window and holding on, say like you know transferring them after the season type thing. And you right? can be so, honest with the player and exactly, say, David, we exactly. want to keep you, but exactly. the MLS roster rules suck. They're stupid. We can't just pay you five six hundred grand. We'd yeah. love to. But, but we can't because of how the roster rules work. So, you know, we'd like to keep you on this. And if that doesn't work, we're, we'd like to sell you. And, and, you know, tell us your thoughts, David. How do you feel about this? Like, for me, uh, to talk about the five-year, next five-year thing, I think within two to three years, they need to see, we need to see guys like Bustos, mm. Froze, Atacube. If they're not sold off somewhere, they need to be solid starters and be impact players. And then you bring in other players to complement them. That's essentially, if they're going to be successful uh, for the long run, they need to be in that position in, within two, three years. And then within maybe five years, they will be one of those teams that are going to be competing every year. I think they will be still competitive because I think as long as Robbo is here, he'll bring in those lone players and bring those guys in and, and, and kind of boost the team up while he's waiting for these young guys to come in. But that's where I see them being in the next I, five years. I, I hate to admit it, but like right now, Dallas is what you strive to be. Like the the amount of impact what players, to be. what we strive yeah, to be. Absolutely, I I think anyone in the league should be striving to be because they they 
they really look like and granted I guess they didn't win the MLS Cup this year but they're like they're like where I'd like to see us next year yeah. or or, yeah. or maybe two years away where their youth players are coming in and they are not just doing a role no the the goalkeeper they're impact players on in the league so that's where I would like to see the Whitecaps in in two years not yeah. five years but two years we should be doing that. Well, I, I agree with Jay. The, the big turning point for this club is going to be when Robo decides to move on. Yeah. Succession planning, who do they replace him with? Will they continue to go with youth, which I kind of think they maybe have to, or they'll say they have to because of financial, they can't compete, blah, blah, blah. But it's getting the right person to come in when Robo moves on. And if Robo had got to the MLS Cup, there is a chance he may have moved on this off-season. The fact that he didn't, and we're going to review Robo's performance in the next episode of the podcast. We're going to have him for at least another year, but then after that, I mean, who knows? And if you listen to our chat with Robo, you'll see that was a, a question that we asked him. But anyway, that's it for this episode. So just before we go, just let everyone know where they can find you online. This is Steve Pander. You can find me on Twitter at WhitecapsBeat. You can reach me on Twitter at J-A-Y underscore Duke. I'm at SSSSSS. Three S's, L A M O, on Twitter. Zach. Uh, it's uh, at Zachary M on Twitter, and I'm a part of a movement called uh, Curve Collective. And I'm Michael McCall. I'm part of a movement called AFTN. You can read all our stuff online at AFTN.ca. I'm also the Whitecats beat reporter for MLSsoccer.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at AFTN Canada. But that's it for this episode. Thanks guys for very heated and passionate input there so until next time thanks for listening take care and come on the caps going to your first match is an experience you never forget the atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go wow I'd love to play here one day if you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life.